Let me say it again. Today we are celebrating one of the most important events in the life of the church, Pentecost. Not celebrating this very important day in the life of the church could be something like uh, not celebrating Christmas with the manger, with the lights, and with all these wonderful things that are so much important for our lives. Or uh, not celebrating the 4th of July without all the fireworks and all the excitements and parades. And, you know, those, those are part of our celebrations. Today we have an, a unique opportunity to, to have a mark in our lives during this worldwide pandemic. And allow the Holy Spirit to help us navigate with a different perspective and a positive outcome. Throughout the years of ministry, I have seen and I have noticed that the Holy Spirit is probably the most neglected uh, person of the Trinity in the church everywhere. We cannot don't know too much about the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives. So, it is important for us to, to, to meditate today, celebrate this day, this wonderful day for us, the, 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 the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to close your eyes and pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day that you are giving us the opportunity to celebrate. Not only celebrate Pentecost as a, another holiday, but Lord, we are asking that you, Holy Spirit, come over. Come over, do it again. Come over into our lives and guide us and empower us and do the will of yours in our lives. We are living in such a difficult times that it would be wonderful if we, if we allow the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives. We are praying this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read on the uh, book of Acts, chapter 2 from the NIV version, beginning with verse 1 to verse 11, where the scripture says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. The King James Version says they were all with one accord together in one place. We'll talk about it in a minute. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the, the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the rest in each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in another tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together 
in bewilderment because each heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our own native languages? Partins, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. The scripture that we see here gives us a very impressive image of what happened on the first day, on the first Pentecost. Number one, we see Christians were gathered together in one spirit. Remember with the, this, the scripture, what I said when I was reading what the uh, King James Version said, the Greek word that we find in this scripture is homotamon. It is important to notice that we, they were obedient to the instructions of Jesus. Remember in chapter 1, verse 4, the Lord Jesus instructed them to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. So all of those who were gathered in that day, they were obedient to the instructions of Jesus. Number two, let's notice that there were people from, uh, from different parts of the world who spoke different languages. So we can see that there was a need right there. Number three, the miracle of languages or tongues was that everyone was able to hear the wonders of God in their own native languages. The Holy Spirit enabled them to be witnesses as it was promised by Jesus in uh, chapter 1, verse 8, where the Bible says, but Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is a beautiful scripture, the one we see in here, because we immediately see the power of the Holy Spirit moving impacting those who follow Jesus. We see the Holy Spirit in action in their lives. So much so that those people who came from, from different parts of the world, they noticed that the, these Galileans were speaking different languages and they were amazed because Galileans were, were, were uh, some people that... that most everybody thought they were, had no education. They were just uh, uh, fishermen, and they were people who had no education whatsoever. 
So, but the need was there. The Holy Spirit enabled each and every one of those, those Christians to speak on different languages used to declare the wonders of God. Used to let the people know how great their God was. So each and every one was amazed to hear the wonders of the Lord throughout these very uneducated people. So the Lord can do powerful things in every one of us. Now, in the scripture, when we see that the Holy Spirit was moving in this uh, chapter 2 of the book of Acts, we see not only what happened on that moment when the Holy Spirit came upon them, but we can see the transformation in their lives from the inside out. In their daily lives. The most important thing that can, can happen to you and me is that the Holy Spirit can transform our lives, our daily living, our lifestyle under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and not only that, but at the end of this chap second chapter, we see how they were, they were living their daily lives. In verse, uh, verse 44, it says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. Let's forget about the, the moment in which the Holy Spirit came and they were speaking in tongues, which is so wonderful. But on that same day, when, when people were amazed, Peter, under the influence, under the power of the Holy Spirit, spoke to the, to the, to the community, and about 3,000 people came to Jesus only in one day. The rest of chapter 2 is telling us how they were living their lives, the daily living. They went, everyone went back to, to their homes they were so amazed of what had happened. And the Holy Spirit was guiding their lives. In verse 45, the scriptures tell us that their soul, many of them sold their properties and possessions and, and give to everyone who had a need. Not only that, but the rest of the city of Jerusalem sold the lifestyle. And they were amazed. If you read on your Bibles, the end of this, this chapter 2, it says that they, 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 the, the community noticed the change on these people. And they were impressed. And they wanted to be like them. And they wanted to be just like them. And the Bible says that the, the Lord added those who will be saved. Every day, new converts came to the knowledge of the word of Jesus. Back in the spring of 1976, I witnessed something that I have never seen before. I grew up in church. 
since I was a little kid. I did a lot of things in church, participated in, in every activity that a, a small kid growing up uh, partic could participate. So back in 1976, a group of teenagers came to the city of Tampico, where I was living. And they came to, this, uh, to Tampico because the Methodist church in Tampico was, had been closed for several years. So this youth uh, from the, what it was, the, the district of the Methodist church back then, they got organized and they got organized in what they call evangelistic invasion. So teenagers from different cities came to Tampico on the Holy Week of 1976. I was not a member of a Methodist church. I was invited to help, which I said, yeah, sure, I can help, um, which I did. That was not a problem for me. But something happened during that week, the Holy Week of 1976. I saw this group of teenagers so on fire for Jesus. Nobody had to instruct them to go and pray. They went to make some repairs to that old sanctuary that was, had been closed for several years. There was a lot to do in there. So they got organized that some of the teenagers in the morning went to work in the uh, sanctuary and some others went to the streets and testified about the Lord Jesus and invited the community to come over on that night what we had the uh, evangelistic worship service. But the joy was so great in them. The, 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 it was so genuine expressions. And every one of them, nobody had to tell them, go and read your Bible or go and pray. They, 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 in, the, in the free times, they, they, it was easy for, for you to see them going to a little corner, reading the Bible, go on their knees and start praying, and, and then coming over, and some of them just got a guitar and started singing. It was such a wonderful experience for me, so much that I wanted to have what they had. Every night, uh, there was the, end, the, the day ended uh, with the worship service, as I said. So uh, a lot of these teenagers had to sleep on the floors because, remember, there was a, there was a church that did have no congregation. So they had to sleep there and, and on the floor, and it was not comfortable at all. But these youth, they were so joyful. They were so much on fire for the Lord. Every night we had people from the community coming over, and every night people came to, to the knowledge of Jesus. They invited me for an activity, youth activity, uh, on August of that year, and I gladly um, put together some funds so I could travel from Tampico all the way to Ciudad Juarez, which is across from El Paso, Texas. And um, I went there because I wanted to have what they had. 
on August the 6th of 1976 in this great convention center where uh, the Jews of uh, all the Methodist churches, this was a national event from every city where uh, they had uh, uh, what we would have called NYF or the, the, the youth groups. Good go. So they had a representation from every part of the, of the country. And it was a wonderful time during the day. They have some meetings and all that, Bible studies, and I participated in those ones. But on August the 6th, I remember being on the floor of this convention center. It was called the Pronaf. On my knees, on tears, and crying to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I want what this teenagers have. I want a revival in my life. I want this experience. Because I like what I see, I want that. Church, what happened on Pentecost was this revival in these uh, followers of Jesus. A life-transforming experience only daily living. I remember that from that point on, something happened in my life. Every single day I was praying. Every single day I was reading my scripture, having this my own devotional. In my own experience, I needed a miracle that year because I was uh, uh, transferring from high school into college. But something happened that didn't allow me to get into college that, that when the semester began. But the Lord gave these words to my mind and to my heart. That came on the words of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of the Lord and everything else will come to you. That's my own version. But every single day I was praying. I was not worried. I came on praying. I was praying for the church. I was praying to, 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 to be more faithful to the Lord. So the kingdom of God would be number one priority in my life. Suddenly the miracle came. Not only that. But I was bold enough to testify others. About the Lord Jesus Christ. I was also, I began to bring in my Bible to college along with my books. And some of, some of my, my, my classmates asked me about the Bible and then I had the opportunity to share my faith with them. My life, my life was transformed Completely. I began to attend that small Methodist church that had uh, services on Tuesdays. On Thursdays, we had the youth meetings on Friday, Saturday nights. And we have services on Sundays in the morning and the evening. I was there. What happened on the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus. You shall receive the power. What Jesus did. 
promise that. John chapter 14 gives us what the Holy Spirit can mean for us. Verse 16 and 17, it tells us that the Holy Spirit can be our comforter. He will be the one who comforts our lives in the middle of trouble. And he will bring direction into our lives. Verse uh, 26, it says that he, the Holy Spirit, would be our helper. He will be the, our teacher. And he will be the one who remi remind us all the teachings of Jesus. In other words, what the Holy Spirit brought to the church was to bring order to their priorities. In the middle of this pandemic, the Holy Spirit can transform your life, can transform your life and give you direction. Suddenly, this situation is not that bad. Some of us probably neglected the people that we love the most, our families, our God, our church, and put in the first place our work, our entertainment, our, our facilities, our, our, our possessions. God wants to be number one, and the Holy Spirit wants to guide your life. I invite you to tell the Lord today in a prayer. And tell the Lord, Lord, do it again. Have a revival in my life. Do it again. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, as we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the transformation that he started. In the lives of those who were there at Pentecost. Not only on that moment, but on the daily living. We want that. Lord, we are saying, do it again, Lord. We are saying, Lord, do it again. Begin with me. Father, we invite you to do it. Take control of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.